Good morning. Welcome to Resurrection Church. Hello to everyone here in person and those watching online. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Someday I, I hope to meet some of y'all have been watching online. Um, happy Mother's Day to my mom. She's a wonderful mom. And to my wife, who is the mom of our children. <laughs> to my mother-in-law, who is with one of her other children, because y'all have a lot of siblings. And... Uh, so it's a wonderful day. So, so we are um, we're going to finish up the book of James today, and next week, Lord willing, we'll start another book. And uh, I won't give it away until next week. Can we tell you now or later? later. Keep, keep the suspense. If I give you a hint, you would know it instantly. Now you're waiting. It's like, is there, is there a hint? <laughs> No hint. I like to surprise people. It's like kind of like when you have, when we had uh, <clears throat> some people like when they have children, they like to tell everyone, you know, okay, it's a boy or girl, and then they tell people their name, and we were like, no, well, it's a girl, so buy her, you know, girl stuff, and then we said, when she was born, then we said, I'd like to introduce you to Alyssa Marie Kaur, you know, like that's the surprise. So. <laughs> Anyway, book of James, we're going to cover the last two, last two verses of the book. Yay, finally. <laughs> James chapter 5 and verse 19 and 20. If you have your Bibles, open up there. This is actually, though it's the last verses of, this, of, the, of the book, I think it's actually one of the reasons why he wrote, he wrote this book. Uh, this, this epistle. James, of course, is a brother of Jesus. And James is a very practical book. How many of you guys love the book of James? It's like your favorite. Yeah, all you prophets out there love James. Very practical, hard-hitting. He does base a lot of his book based on um, the Sermon on the Mount. And so, um, uh, and he's, he's uh, addressing those believers who are going through great challenges in life. He starts off with, Count it all joy, right? Consider joy when you encounter various trials. He talked about the testing of your faith and how it brings maturity. And a lot, of, a lot of the letter has been addressed to that. But the last two verses, we think, could be one of his main purpose statements of the letters. Most letters ended with greetings and you know, kind of like formalities at the end, right? But this doesn't end this way. He doesn't do what like Paul does in some of his letters. He says, my brothers... If any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. That's, a, that's heavy, right? It's heavy. My brothers, if anyone strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. We're in the context or at the end where James had been talking about prayer, intercession, right? Um, he was uh, talking about in the last um, verses 13, uh, he's talking about praying uh, for your own needs, praying and praising, you know, and then praying for others after that in verse 14 through uh, 16. And then last week, the example of Elijah. But now, now he's talking about people who have gone astray, right? Now he's, he's going into, it's not just, he's, it's like, no, somebody's left y'all, 
right? Uh, he says, my brothers, if anyone strays from the truth. One thing that this, this section implies is this, is of course, as you know, when you give your life to Christ and you follow Jesus, there is constant pressure on your faith, right? There is a lot of challenges to cause you to want to doubt God, go away from God, or there's, there's a lot of things pulling at you, right? Uh, there's a lot of, uh, 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 a lot of challenges. In the, is it not like you give your life to Jesus and then everything is like no problem? I wish that was, right? <laughs> your life to Jesus and no problems, but the, 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 the instant you gave your life to Christ, you suddenly have a target on your back and there's constant things going your way, right? Things pulling your face. Trials, tribulations, difficulties, always. And, and James has been encouraging the, the listeners to, hey, a lot of that is to purify your faith and to, to develop it, you know? But sometimes there are people who, who leave, right? Who go astray. Sometimes there are those who do go astray. And so the implication there is that that happens, Okay, I remember years ago, we were at our, our former church, and I was doing a, a ministry many years ago. We had a, a, a brother in our church. He helped with worship, and he was kind of new in the Lord and uh, full of the Holy Spirit, right? And just full of the Lord and everything, just joy and everything. And I don't know all the details. All I know is that he, he and his wife went away on a trip, and he came back different. And it led to where he, I don't know if he got into some bad teaching, and he left his wife. The marriage ended. He left the Lord. You know? It's like he never, never would have expected that to happen. And James in this section, the last two verses, is talking about intervention, right? Intervention. Uh, he says, My brothers, <clears throat> um, if any among you strays from the truth. That word stray is the word planao, which we get the word planet. And he used to think that planets were wandering bodies in the sky. Because they weren't like stars that kind of were fixed, and planets look like wanderers, you know. If any one of you guys strays from the truth, you're wandering from the truth, and it means to uh, the sense of to disbelieve even gradually and slowly, to um, to um, to go a, a different direction. It's used of sheep that have have wandered away. In Matthew 18, it says, "What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them?" goes astray, he wanders off, you know. Um, it describes those who were, who were deceived. Um, Paul writes in Titus, for we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient and deceived. Same word, we've wandered. Uh, some are led astray by, by deceivers. Uh, Matthew 24, Jesus says, um, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders and will mislead or or lead you astray, if possible, even the elect. You know, Jesus is addressing you know, his, 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 uh, his believers in Matthew uh, there as well. Um, and so here, James, the question here is, is James talking about somebody that's backsliding or somebody that's apostate? You know, and that's always the, the difficult thing is, okay, is this person just kind of backslidden? They're kind of just gotten away from the fellowship of the Lord, you know, or have they really fallen away, you know? And uh, I, think it's, I think it's the latter. I think it's that. Um, uh, 
Paul writes uh, the same idea in 2 Timothy 3. He says, evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Um, this word is used in the Old Testament of those of idolatry, those who, who left the Lord and followed idols. Um, Deuteronomy 30, verse 17 says, if your heart turns away and you do, and you do not obey, you are, are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. Now my question is, first of all, if I'm looking at James, he says, my brothers, if any among you strays from the truth, what causes that strain? What causes somebody to be led astray? There's, there's a big, I'm going to say movement, but happening, I'll call it that, in the church today. I think a lot of people are falling away to false teaching, false doctrine, to, to a false version of Christianity. It has the name Christian, but it's, it's not, I don't think it is, okay? Um, it's, it's, it has the semblance of Christian, it has the right words, but it's not Christian. Um, some are led astray because they're deceived, and, and I just read the verses that talked about that. I want you to go to um, Matthew chapter 13. I want to point something out here that Jesus uh, mentions in Matthew 13. Go there. How do you like the newest member of our church? The pulpit. It's a high pulpit. He's a no pulpit. I needed a new one. Matthew 13. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and the large crowds were gathered to him. So he got into the boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell behind, beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprung up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and were yielding a crop, some 160 and 30. He who has ears to let him hear. And then Jesus, in verse 18, explains this parable. He says, Hear then the parable of the sower. Now this is key, this is key for what James I think what what we're talking about being led astray how it happens okay this is critical this is why I'll, I'll develop the point in a second uh, verse nineteen when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it so the idea that the seed is the word that's planted right and the soils are different conditions of people's hearts right when everyone hears anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not what. He doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whose seed was sown beside the road. I think there's a key right there. I think part of the reason why people fall away is a lack of understanding of the Word of God. This is why, as a church, we're committed to going through the verses, the Bible verse by verse, or in depth as much as possible, right? Forgive me if I do a topical message one of these days, you know. <laughs> you know. But 
we are committed to teaching the Lord of God. And what's happening is you have a lot of false teaching out there because people don't, under, they don't know their Bibles. They're getting their scripture from memes, social media, and TikTok. I want to call it toothpick. TikTok. And things like that, where you're not even getting any depth. You're getting a, you're, and, you're, and, you're, and your Bible, you're not even in your Bible. Lack of understanding. And that's, in fact, this is why Jesus, go to Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4. This is why I do what I do. Look at Ephesians 4. Watch this. This is basic stuff, but it's so critical. It's so simple. The enemy says, you don't understand it? Go out. Take, I just took it away from you. This is why we spend time in the Word of God because we have to, it's like if we don't master this, what else could we master? Nothing. Ephesians 4, look at this. Did I say Ephesians 4? Yeah. I did say Ephesians 4. Um, let's go on to um, verse 11. And he himself, Christ, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, that's part of what I, what, what part of the church, proper function as a pastor, teacher, I'm supposed to teach and equip, right? Part of my, my teaching is to, te- to explain the word of God, right? Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Right, but then look at what else he says. He says, "I lost my place here." Until we all, verse, verse fourteen. Watch this. Oh, verse thirteen. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and to the full knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to Christ and full, uh, the fullness of Christ. Okay, so that's part of what, what I'm doing. Is explain the word of God so that it's feeding your soul, so that you grow into maturity, but then there's another result. Until, so that, verse 14, 14, so that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by every, by waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness of deceitful scheming. You see, that's the, that's the goal here, is if, is if the word of God is not explained or taught, right, then you're susceptible to anything that comes on the scene, Right? And I am shocked by what I see people falling for, basic stuff, basic Christianity stuff, basic Bible stuff, not you guys, <laughs> Lord, that people are going astray from. You have a whole, you have people, uh, for example, what they do is they pit Jesus against Paul. They, they say, well, Jesus is for us. Right? And Paul, he's against us, so to speak. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm like, wait, Tom, if you ever read your Bible, you would realize that, that Paul is Jesus' choice. Jesus says, well, he's my chosen instrument. Or if you, wanted to, if you take one attribute of God and camp out there to, to the point that it negates the other attributes of God, then you've created yourself a little, well, what do you do? Well, you don't like the hard vor- verses, so what do you do? You just kind of ignore them, right? Like I said, not anybody here, Lord, Lord willing. But people go astray because they, there's a lack of understanding the scripture, and that's happening today. And you have to be very, very careful. 
It's very subtle. It's interesting when Jesus was tempted, how does he defend his temptation? The word of God. But you also know that part of the temptation, the devil comes in with the word of God as well. Even Satan knows the word of God. And Jesus had a one-up him on it on, on the word of God back to him. That's how crafty, that's how, that's how subtle the devil is to try to, to tweak it. And it's always, the, the, the strain away is always a, it begins with the denial of the authority of Scripture. It begins with sort of diminishing the importance of Scripture. You, you, you compromise on, well, I don't think that's a sin anymore. And what basis are you saying that, madam? What scripture are you saying that, that that verse doesn't mean what it says because you don't like it, doesn't go, it goes against your, your feelings? No. You can't do that. It's a, it, 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 people will go astray by, it always starts with, with lessening the importance of God's word. Have you guys ever played Jenga? You know Jenga? Okay. Take the pieces out. Where do you always start? Everybody starts on top, right? Because that's the easy pieces, you know? If you really want to bring these things down, you'll start at the very bottom. You'll attack the foundation. People you know, go astray because there's some compromise on the authority of Scripture in their lives. I think people also go astray because they're unwilling to follow God's way. There's an unwillingness. There's a hardness of heart that says, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to, I want a God in my own create, in my own, in my own image, right? And then I'll make him say what I want him to say, and I'll I'll pull these verses out and I'll focus on that. Proverbs says, Proverbs 19:27 says, Cease listening, my son, to discipline, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. So James, go back to James. James says, my brothers, if any among you strays from the truth. What, is that? what do you mean by truth? What does that word mean? What does that mean? Well, in general, it's referring to the gospel truth. Okay, back in James 5, 19. The gospel truth. It's the, it's the gospel uh, that, that James is referring to. In fact, in James 1, 18, he says, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we'd be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. That's kind of that's the idea, the gospel truth, right? Um, but truth is also something that is lived out. It's not just a mental concept. Truth is a way of life, right? Yeah. Um, one of the first, uh, first, um, one of the early epistles that Paul wrote was a book, uh, the epistles to the letter to uh, to the Galatians, and they heard the gospel, but then they went away from the gospel. Uh, they had they went they wanted to go back to Judaism and say well let's restart the the sacrifices and kind of go that way and observe the law to be justified and Paul says in Galatians five seven you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth you're not your life is different now because you're not obeying the truth truth is something that is done it is a practice it's a way of life that's why the psalmist says teach me your way O Lord I and I will walk in your truth. Make me know your ways, Psalm 25. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. 
Lead me in your truth and teach me, for, I, for you are the God of my salvation, and I will wait. There's a correlation between truth and how you, what, you, what you believe and how you live. Right? So it's the gospel truth, but the gospel truth also affects your life and how you live. And does it resemble Christ? Does your life resemble Jesus Christ? Does it look like he's changed your life? Because when you follow Jesus, it's not, Jesus, I'll follow you if I can keep all my baggage and all my hang-ups and all my desires and all my lusts and all my, I'll, I'll follow you then, right? And a lot of people do that. And Jesus says, that's the, that's the, first of all, that's the wide road. So many people come and say, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I got to bring all my stuff with me. He says, no, no, no. You got to let that stuff go. Repent and follow me, right? Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus, it's a narrow door. It's a narrow door and few and narrow path and few are those who find it because you're walking the path of truth, Right? John says, but he who practices the truth comes to light. Those who practice the truth comes to light so that their deeds may be manifested. James says, if anyone strays from the truth, they've strayed not just in their thinking, their theology, their understanding of the word of God, but now how they live. And they stick a sticker on this that Jesus approves of this. No, he doesn't. Jesus accepts you the way you are, but he also loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. Come to me all who weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest, right? That's, that's, I, I affirm that and, and love that, but I also realize Jesus doesn't diminish the standards, right? Here's a standard. Love people with a greater love than you want to love them with, right? Oh, don't commit adultery. Yeah, don't even look at her with lust. He doesn't bring it down. He's like, wait a second here. Your heart's, and not just your actions, but your heart needs to be... Per- so it's, it's all related, right? Um. So people go astray for, 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 um, because they turn away from the truth of the gospel, the truth that changes their life. That's why Paul says in Romans, verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And he's actually describing unrighteous living because after that he goes on describing what they do. Right? They suppress the truth. They know that the Holy Spirit is making it known to them and they don't want to hear it. They're unwilling. Their heart has been hardened because they don't want to hear it because they don't want to go their, they don't want to go their way. That's why constant prayer ought to be, Lord, purify my heart. Because our heart is this deceitfully wicked, right? Our heart, I mean, my heart's always, you know, like, Lord, <laughs> if it wasn't for God's grace, it would be, right, you know, and we're prone to do that. We're prone to, to, to wander, right? We're, I love this, the, the hymn, prone to wander. Lord, that's, that's me. Um, I mean, some of, us get, some of us get off stray because it's a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and next thing you know, you're, you're lost and you don't know where you're at. Right? Remember, um, I'll tell you a little part of the story. It was, I'm not a storyteller, but this example is coming. coming. I got lost in the woods one time. 
I was, I was in high school and I was with my stepsisters and they were little ones. We were in Payson and the woods up in Payson are thick. And I had the bright idea, I'm not Mr. I, you know, the outdoor shows that are out, out today weren't out, I was young, you know, I was in high school, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, well, let's look for some water because there's got to be a creek somewhere, you know, a little, we kind of, we left at like nine in the morning and I kept this one mountain in my, I'm like, okay, there's, you know, but the mountain's huge. So like you could be over here, over here, and we got lost. And we just kept walking and walking and it started getting dark. So I left at 9 a.m. They found us at 9 p.m. They had a search party, the, whole, the dogs sniffed, you know, they, the dogs found us quickly. We had wandered miles we kept crossing this road, this dirt road. I'm, I'm, a, I'm stupid, you know. I didn't know. You cross the road, you stay on the road, right? <laughs> stay on the, stay on the road because people will find you on the road. I didn't know that. Um, I was lost. I was intending it lost. I kind of just because I was looking for something I thought I could find. I kept looking. Well, it's not down this. Well, let's go down here. And next thing I know, I didn't know where I was at. Sometimes it's easy, right? You just kind of a little bit here, a little bit there, and then you're like, how did I end up? How did I end up here? Well, praise God, at that scenario, there was a search party went for us, right? They told me afterwards, you know, for every square, you guys went several miles, for every square mile, typically there's one bear and one mountain lion or something like that. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, right? And thank you for the search party people that went out and found us. And when James is teaching us here is that we need to be search party, search party people for those who have wandered away. Because they look at, he says here, back at James, my brothers, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, Somebody turns him back. It doesn't say the pastors go find him, though sometimes it is a pastor. It's one. All of us are called to go searching, right? This implies that we are aware of, our, of people. That we're not just tunnel vision on me, myself, and I, and my Christianity. When I go to heaven, I'm going to have a room to myself. and not That's nonsense. We're part of a body, Right? We're part of a body, and a healthy body recognizes when something's wrong, right? My pinky's hurting. My, my thumb's... Somebody's missing. Somebody's not here. I need to give them a call. i got to search them out. I don't need to call the pastor. No, God brought it to your mind because you know this person. You call them up and you say, hey, what's up? If anyone among you strays from the truth and one turns them back... now. You can ask the question, is the person who strayed, were they a believer or the unbeliever? It doesn't matter. Bring them back, right? You know, have they fallen away because they're, they're not really a true believer? They, they're a churchgoer, but not, doesn't, I don't know. That's, God, that's God's territory. All I know is you go search them out. You know? You, you say, hey, we missed you. You know? I, I sort of, let me just step away here. I sort of, I'm shy about that. Because I always, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be too intrusive in somebody's life, right? 
But that can go the wrong way where it's like we don't care. I don't want to be that way. I was at a church years and years ago. I mean, if, if they had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, Friday. They had all, if you missed a Friday, it's like, hey, brother, where were you? That was a little over the top, right? <laughs> but if, it, if the Lord brings it to your mind, this person, hey, you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a hard time. Sometimes people are just, they need encouragement, you know? You need to, to you know, reach out and, by the way, just real pause. <clears throat> I talked to our brother Tom. I called him up a couple days ago. Hey, Tom, hope you're watching. Um, keep him in prayer. He's, if you haven't met Tom, I'll tell you about Tom. Um, he's been with us. He has been with us because of health reasons. And he still has major health issues. Keeping your prayer. But he misses being here. And uh, he and Stacy, you know, but, but call people up. If anyone strays from the truth and one turns him, turns him back. Um, the word turn back is epistro, uh, strefo. Epistrefo. It means, the, the epi part means to, to motion toward. And strefo means to twist, to twist, to turn. You turn him back. You're turning him back the right direction. If anyone um, strays from the truth and one turns him back, causing him to focus their attention, uh, that that person is, is turning a sinner from the error of his ways. I think James is, I think this is critical for the health of the body of Christ, is that, is that we become aware of our brothers and sisters, that we reach out with love, we call them up and say, hey, you know. And some, as maybe somebody's going off in the wrong direction doctrinally, now that's going to be challenging. That takes, that's going to take some effort. That's going to take, hey, this may take a long time of me discussing because you've got you to focus on, okay, if they're living a wrong way, it's because they're believing a wrong way. So what's, where did this all start? And dialogue with them. You know, that takes some great patience. Because, but, the, 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 but the point James is saying, it's worth it because this person's soul is at stake. He says, if somebody turns them back, let him know that he who turns, same word as turn up there, who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death. We're talking about not physical death. James is talking about eternal separation from God. James is talking about saying, this is so important that you go out and you search and you rescue in somebody's life that, that, that has gone astray. They've gone, you know, bad teaching, bad lifestyle, bad doctrine, and you plead with them. And you say, and you, and you, you, you do what, you, what Paul did he, as he went to the synagogue and he reasoned with his Jewish brothers, right? About Jesus. You know? Um, that you warn them. It takes, it's going to take boldness. It's also going to take great patience because there may take a long time of investment in this person's life that has gone a different direction. Maybe, maybe theologically they're now off you know, believing in some false doctrine. But James says, let a person know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I think when you're going to this person, of course you have to have great patience. As Paul says, I think it has to be soaked in prayer. This context in James is about prayer. Because it's like, it's scary to say, hey, 
you're going the wrong way. And your soul is at stake. And that person may not be ready to hear those words. They might say, get on my face. You know? Um, it may take persistence. But James is, in t- I think he's insisting here, let him know that he who turns a sinner from this air of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. It means the persons will be forgiven. Those are, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's challenging. It's also a good thing to go and search, to say, hey, um, and I don't know if this person, you can get into the theology of, okay, was this person ever saved? It doesn't matter. You're like, you care about the person. Say, hey, um, where are you at? You know? I, I, um, I hope that it, it was never that, that God put people in my life and gave me an opportunity to do this and I didn't do it. Because I would want to say, hey, neighbor, friend, you're going the wrong way. We have neighbors on both sides. We have uh, neighbors that are Hindu from India. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. Great neighbors. Um, praying for more opportunities to share the gospel. Then we have neighbors who are Mormon. He's a, he's a kind of higher up and lots of kids and big house and all that. And, I, and I'm praying for both our neighbors. Lord, these people are familiar with Jesus, but not the right Jesus, right? That's, that's challenging when you're talking to somebody that's in a cult. These people are a little bit more open, but I'm still praying, Lord, you put us here and have these neighbors now, this is different than the context of James. James is talking about somebody who's actually going to the church's left. But I'm still thinking about, Lord, help, help me to be, to care about these people as well. Um, and sometimes you don't know what the right words are to say, right? Or how to, Lord, help me with that. You know, help, help me to, to, to pray about them and, and ask some questions and you know, we might have our one neighbors over, and we've they've had us over for great Indian food. They're you know great cooks, but but Lord, let it be that I'm not so insensitive to the soul, to the conditions of somebody's soul all around me. You know, I don't want to have that heart that's cold and say oh, it's just me and my church and nobody else. No, I want it's like. You know, does it make sense? And we talked about having our prayer times maybe once a month we were praying for unsaved family members or friends or neighbors, you know. We have to get back to that. Because it's, it's going to start with prayer. It's going to start with, with God moving in the spiritual realm, doing work. It may take a long time. Sometimes it's the... It's the I, read, I read one, one uh, example where um, a, a husband and wife, they had a daughter that turned away from the Lord at age 15. Went completely different direction. They prayed for her for 41 years. And on the week the, the husband, I think the husband died, the week he died, she came back to the Lord. She and her husband, radically saved. 41 years of prayer. I would do that for my, I would do more than that for my children. If that's, Lord, if that's what it takes. Because sometimes we want to be quick and easy 
And the Lord says, it's going to take some time. It's going to take you on your knees pleading for them. I'll do it. Because just James says, let him know that he who turns a stern away from, away from the error of his way will save his soul from death, from eternal death, from hell. And if my little bit of prayer time, my little conversation with the Lord in time that's this short compared to all of eternity can save the soul and bring them to Jesus, that's nothing. It's worth it, amen? And when we do that, we enter into the ministry of Jesus who, who actually came to seek and save that which was lost. Amen? That's what being, about, being Christ-like is about, is about. It's not about living your best life now. It's about seeking and saving. It's about snatching as many as you can for God's kingdom, right? Or pleading for them. Saying, Lord, rescue them. I mean, we're talking about real eternal separation, and our little, and we're that's our responsibility. And that's why James is like, "This is why I saved it to the end, because the last thing I mentioned will be the thing you remember the most." Lord, give me a heart for the lost. Give me a heart for the lost. So many times my prayers are about my own in so many times my prayers are about my own inconveniences. Right? We're talking about souls here. I pray I pray out in the car before service, and I'm like, Lord, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not I have souls that are coming into church, that are watching, that are coming to be ministered to. That's a high... People, people's souls are in the... This is not just play church, right? This is, this is real. Lord, I, you, you're going to have to... I'll do what you... I'll say, I'll teach, but you're going to... Because this is a weighty position to be in. And let it be that someday when we get to heaven, God brings to, to the front of our face the, the person that we happen to pray for that we just didn't realize that God used that prayer to bring salvation to them. Every time you pray for a lost soul, God hears that and he does something with that. And you don't realize what he's doing. And he says, keep praying, because guess what? I'm going to work through that prayer, but keep praying. God, give us a heart for give me a heart for the lost. I care for people as a church to do what Jesus did, to seek and save that which is lost. Even if they reject you, let it be, Lord, that we give this attention. Well, I'm done. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. But I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for, for my grandmother. Mom, I still remember when I was a little boy. I grew up Catholic, right? And I still remember I was a little boy and I was, and I was looking at the crucifix at, at the Catholic church we were at and I realized, that, okay, that's not you, Jesus. That's just a statue. I know you were at. You're, you're risen. You're alive. But I had this great interest in the Lord. And I remember my grandmother was vital 
And, and my and grandma, she would, I would ask her about Jesus because she, she was devout. She loved the Lord. She read a lot. And I said, Grandma, why does this happen? Why does it happen? And she would tell me things from the, from the scriptures. One time I was at my grandma's house and she was, I was crying. And you know how after you, you've been heaving a lot and then you settle down, you know? Grandma, why do we stop crying? I'll never forget. I must have been five, four, five, six years old. Without, a, without hesitation, he goes, the Holy Spirit comforts us. That's my mom's mom. Happy Mother's Day to my grandmother in heaven, right? That's a little boy's soul who's impacted by his mom. This is not a Mother's Day message, but I'm just tying it. And now all I'm saying is this. That's important, you know? And I talk to my children. My mom, my, mom, my wife is, she's the fun one. I'm the serious guy, right? They know that. She's, I'm, and I say, kids, and I tell them, I told this to you the other night, I say, guys, follow Christ. Follow Jesus, the narrow road, the narrow gate. Because if I don't tell my own children, my own kids could be this verse. They stray from the, from the truth. My own kids could be, if I don't even tell my own children, which I have told them, and I will be, I am praying for them, I am going to be, follow Jesus. Your friends won't save you. They don't, your friends love you, but they don't, they don't love you the way Jesus loves you. Amen? Amen. I pray that you, you've come to the end of your sin in yourself and you follow Jesus and realize how wonderful he is. Right? He's a wonderful savior. And if I don't warn my, warn my own family, and I'm rambling, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm glad to be finished with James, but it's been... Anyway, let's pray. <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, Lord, that you did come to seek and save that which is lost. And all of us have wandered. All of us were, were led astray. Before we met Christ, we were in darkness. We were deceived. We were seeking for our own thing. And we were listening to other voices. And we were following our own desires, our own passions, and we were dead in our sins, Lord. And you, without us even realizing, you were the search party sent to rescue us, Lord. And those of us who are saved, when you found us, Lord, we are, it was something, we, we couldn't find ourselves, we couldn't lead ourselves to freedom, we couldn't lead ourselves to life, Lord, but you came to give us freedom and life and to rescue us, Lord. And I think and we pray, Lord, for those, maybe some who have used to attend our church or some who are maybe struggling. Would you lead us, Lord, to, to reach out, Lord, as, as loving members of the church to just say, hey, what's going on? How can we pray for you? What, how can I encourage you? And maybe there's something simple. Maybe there's somebody that's listening that has kind of just decided just to compromise and give in and just and lord i pray for that soul whoever it is lord let us give us a heart that the same heart that you have for people to plead with them to love them to point them back to you lord that what they're looking for isn't found anywhere else but in you lord life is found in you forgiveness is found in you 
Joy is found in you. Freedom is found in you. Forgiveness is found in you. Lord, would you cause us as a church, Lord, to be a praying church that intercedes for the lost, for those who have wandered and gone astray. Maybe if you're here this morning or you're watching online, maybe that's you. Lord, I pray for that soul, Lord, who may be struggling, that the Holy Spirit would hear our prayers and would minister to their hearts that you, Lord, would bring people and circumstances into their lives to turn them back. Recognize the preciousness and the value of the soul. And so, Lord, would your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Praise the Lord. We actually finished the book. Yes! Yes! Someday I'll go back and finish Genesis. We still have the story of Joseph, but we're not going to do Genesis next. We're going to do a different book. Should I tell? I know. I know. I'll keep it a surprise. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful Mother's Day, and uh, whether you spend with time with your mom or friends or whatever, just um, know the Lord loves you very much, and... Uh, just pray your blessing. Pray God's blessing. Lord, I just pray that you would bless and keep my friends and my family here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Remember, Zoom meeting for Israel is on Thursday. Students, Friday. And we'll go from there.